Hey friends, when you look back at your life, what struggles have most shaped you? I'm sure one thing comes to mind. Our guest today says that it was his darkest moments of questioning God that led him to create a community for men full of vulnerability, honesty, and genuine change. You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 345, Chris Granger and Growing Through Trials. friends welcome back to halfway there this is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary christians about today's christian experience i am your host eric nevins as always thank you so much for being here i am definitely glad that you downloaded millions and millions of podcasts and you have a lot of options there's a lot of christian ones but uh you chose this one so i'm glad you're here by the way if you uh would like to help us out there's two ways you can do that you can first of all the best compliment you can give is to give us just a, either rating and review on your favorite app or uh, tell a friend, right? Just let a friend know that, hey, I'm listening to this show and I really love it. Uh, that would be very helpful for uh, you to do because that's how we grow. Really, it's all word of mouth. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on on social media, but uh, nothing is better than you telling a friend. The other thing you could do if you want to, go to halfwaythereapodcast.com, hit that Patreon button. That just allows you to share a little bit. Uh, each month. And some of you do that. And I really do appreciate it. All right, let's dive into our content. I'm excited to have this conversation because our guest, he's building a community that bring, provides Christian men encouragement, which we need. He wants to make them, help them become the leaders God intended them to be. Um, and he does all kinds of other cool stuff, including working out and, and uh, riding his Harley and serving his church. Our guest is the founder of The Lion Within Us, Chris Granger. Chris, welcome to Halfway There. Oh, man, it's an honor to be here. Thank you, Eric. I'm glad to have you. We're, we've made recent acquaintance, and but I know you're doing a lot of cool stuff, so I, I couldn't fit it all in there. So tell me a little more about who you are and where God has you right at the moment. Yeah, at the moment, I mean, I, I, I'm just a, a, a husband to Rebecca, first and foremost, so to, so she keeps me straight. But uh, so I have a, I'm an engineering background. So I work in distribution and from an electrical standpoint. So I've been doing that, but then God led me to this ministry called the line within us. So we founded that, uh, in a 2021, the beginning of 2022, got that off the ground. And, uh, it's been an incredible ride so far with the podcast and this community as you, as you mentioned, and just trying to do all I can. I have four kids, uh, Two older ones, two 12. Well, I say older. They're 12 and getting ready to turn 11. <laughs> and then uh, our littles, what we call them, is uh, our 20 months and five months. So, oh, wow. Uh, so we got some, we got bigs and littles. We're playing a zone defense over here, but we have a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's just uh, crazy. It's crazy season of life, but uh, it keeps us busy and keeps me out of trouble primarily. <laughs> That's good. I can relate to that. We also have two older and two younger. And in between was seminary when we didn't see each other enough to have kids. So, was, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, our, our two oldest are adults now. And so that's kind of weird. Now, now we've got okay. uh, two, two graduated and two middle schoolers. Okay. So wait, wait till you get there. That's kind of fun. Yeah, man. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. All right. Well, that's great. I know we're going to hear some of your story about when you, uh, you know, set up the line within us and yeah. kind of what you're going for with that, but we'll, we'll get to that, but let's start by going back. And I want to go back into your story and hear some more about how you got there. Cause none of us gets, you know, where we are without a lot of forces and events and, uh, yes. Just steps on the journey to get to where we are. So where did you grow up? Where are you from? 
Uh, from Virginia, a little town called Clarksville, Virginia, which is right on the North Carolina line. So when we say we would go to the town, to, to the city or go shopping, we usually go to Raleigh because it's about an hour, hour and a half from, from Clarksville. But it's right on the lake, uh, a little small, just a rural uh, country town. Uh, literally one road goes through it. <laughs> it's right there on the lake. But uh, yeah, born and raised there, did not go to church growing up. Uh, started going to church when I was 15 because my girlfriend went to church. So uh, <laughs> I was chasing her and she went to church. So all of a sudden church became important to me <laughs> and, uh, you know, found Jesus when I was there at 16. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we go from wherever you want to go from there, but I didn't have a group of guys to really walk along with side me. And uh, yeah. so I really kind of just, just kind of wavered in my faith for a long time. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I've heard that story before. Uh, Cause you know, it's usually the people that in, attract you to, to church, yeah. right? So, so you were going to church. Uh, so what did you, when you gave your life to Christ, what was that like? Well, tell us about that moment. That was just a really cool moment. I just remember it's just, again, a small country church in Nelson, Virginia. And I just remember sitting actually not even with the pastor, with the pastor's wife. And I just had all, all the, you know, questions and she was answering my questions. I said, you know, she's like, well, are you ready to make a decision? I'm like, basically, what are you talking about making a decision? So she was telling me about accepting Christ. And I was like, I'm totally ready. Like, let's do this. I and mean, I'm an all-in type of guy. Once I get <laughs> in on something, like, yeah, let's go. And uh, I just remember praying with her in that, in that pew, just she and I uh, accepting Christ right there in that sanctuary. And then probably a week or so later being baptized in that sanctuary. And it's just still a very special Anytime I get to ride by that church, I don't, I, don't, I very rarely get to go there, but whenever I get to ride by, it's just a special place uh, to, for good memories of, of accepting Christ there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, so, okay. So you go, so you do that, give your life to Christ, and then you have to grow, but you said you kind of floundered in that a little bit. So, what does yeah. that mean? And what, what, what were the next like, seasons like for you well i mean after that like i graduated high school right and i did what most guys well a lot of our, 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 in, in that part of the world did i went to school went to uh to a community college then i wanted to go to full-time university so i went to old dominion university and that's my first time actually being away from home and at that time was when we broke up so i didn't have the me and that that girl college the high school sweetheart we, we, we parted ways and i was officially on my own and, you know, Old Dominion University is not Liberty University. Let me just say that. So, I mean, it's a <laughs> lot of ways to get in trouble. And uh, I didn't get into a lot of trouble, but I did spend a lot of time at the bar. And uh, that was just, I, I had no one in, there in my life that was speaking anything into me you know, around Christianity or church or faith or anything like that. So it's just, you know, and when you're in engineering too, you find that to be the case a lot of times where these guys and girls we're just digging into math and we're just doing, you know, we're logic and things like that. So uh graduated, just never really did anything with my faith, got married, uh, and was pretty resistant to God. Oh, I knew God was trying to protect me. I was like, I got this, God. It's the three words that scare me the most now. Whenever I hear myself say, I got this. And I went ahead and got married anyway. And Wait, why is that? Why is that? Because man, anytime they say we got this is is a is a moment to, that we're getting ready to be humbled, and I need to constant reminder that I don't that my I'm fully reliant on God to guide me now. And back then I didn't. Back then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to take care of myself. I'm going to take care of my finances. I'm going to take care of whatever I need to take care of. Uh, I wasn't taking care of my health, but you know I wasn't really worried about it. I was doing what I wanted to do, 
And it was, I was living by my rules. And you know what? It was a lot of fun. I mean, I worked on race cars. We did a lot of cool stuff, rode motorcycles. Like it was like, I got some stories. My wife now would tell you, like, I, you know, it's just a miracle that I'm still here. But it's just one of those things like, man, if I want to do it, I did it. And I didn't want to wait for anything. The instant gratification was what it was all about. And I found myself in a marriage that it was okay. Surface level, it looked good, right? Like, I mean, we we had the house, we had the cars, we had a new luxury car. Uh, I had a nice engineering job. We had two little girls. They were three and they were five years old. Uh, and it all from the surface level looked good. I actually thought our marriage was was okay. We were at, We were going to church, you know, but we weren't, I wasn't really serving. It was just more go consumption, just consume the church. And then one day she, uh, she was done. She walked out. She left me and the girls and, uh, found another guy. And I remember my little girls looking at me saying, all right, what do we do now, dad? And I just like, all right, we got this. We're going to lean on God. And at that point, man, it was just from there on, it was pretty much just everything from that point in my life to where I'm at right now. It's just been a series of God events where I've just been obedient to what he says. And I finally surrendered that, you know what? I don't got this. And so Lord, what, what do you want from me? What path mm. do you have? And that's led to me meeting my wife and we've since had two more. That's why we have the bigs and the little, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's how we got that going. But she's a, just a wonderful mo- mother to all four of them. And, uh, and they're with us you know, 90, 80, 90% of the time, they, they still do go see their mother uh, for every other weekend type of deal. But it's one of those weird situations The dad, they never live with the dad. Right. So this is one of those situations where the dad, you know, is pretty much the primary caregiver. And I've just been just continuing to be obedient and, and understanding, you know what, man, I don't understand his ways. Like even where, where the lion's at right now, I have no idea you know, what he has in store, but I just know, do know I'm enjoying the ride. I'm going to try to continue to just listen and and put my thoughts and what my 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 intentions are to decide because I find too often when I don't do that I'm putting God in the box and that's the last thing I want to do man yeah yeah I hear that okay so it sounds like that season when you were getting divorced it was a real turning point for you is that right it was man it was it was a point because I remember when she left and it was the first weekend where she got to visit with the girls and they left. And I was in my house alone. And that was a moment where it was super quiet, right? I mean, it was, I'm used to a house with a three and a five, actually a yeah, three and a five-year-old. You know how that is. It's never yep. a quiet moment, right? And it's just eerily, eerily silence. And it was just like, wow. And I just remember God just, just being in that moment, just you, you need people. And, and that's when I got connected with some buddies at church and, and, and some friends and, and he just, and that moment realized, you know what, by yourself, we are not created to do this thing called life alone. And, you know, it's just uh, a serious growth moments. Yeah. What was it in that moment that you sensed from God? What what was, what happened there? I, I sensed that I wasn't forgotten. You know, he's got, he's got plans for me, you know, uh, it's okay. You're going to go through these seasons. I, and I still think that's why for some reason, James one, one, two is my, is my, life verse and where it says, consider it pure joy when you go through trials, cause it's going to create endurance. And I'm just like, I, that's a terrible life verse, man. Like you couldn't even give you a better <laughs> one than that, you know, but, uh, that's just it though. I mean, we go, we all go through it. I tell people all the time, you're either in a trial coming out of one or getting ready to go into one. That's just the reality of life. So while we're in those trials, we just have to remember to cling to him. And I just, I never want to get to where coming out of that trial. A lot of times I call that the mountains, 
it's so easy when you're on the mountains to look down, man, because it looks really cool up that from that view, right? We're looking across the horizon. We can see stuff, but we have to remember when we're in the mountains, we got to look up too. And and we're that on that mountain for a reason. So everybody just thinks about looking up when you're in the valley, but I'm just like, no, man, you need to look up all the time. Valley, mountain, and on the, on the climb, just keep looking at him and, and letting him guide you. Yep. I used a different uh, mountain metaphor um, when, which I think is appropriate for life as well. When I was becoming an entrepreneur, because I knew it would be like this, uh, is that when you're in in the mountains, like you can look at from here to a peak. I live in Denver, so I see this all the time, right? You can look oh, from nice. here to a peak, right? But the um, it might look like it's simple and easy to get there, but what you can't see is all the valleys and the ups and downs between here and there. Right. Yep. So you have to, you, you're on, you're going to experience them. If you want to be on that peak, you're going to experience them up and down and it's, it's not linear and we'd like it to be, but it's not. Amen to that bro. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's why, you know, with the spiritual journey, it actually does work that way. We want it to be like, Oh, I'm just on this upward trajectory, but we're not, we go up, we go down. We feel like sometimes God is there. Sometimes God is not. It sounds like in that moment when, uh, you know, apparently, uh, you, you felt, you felt alone, you felt silent, but you felt like God was present and that changed something for you. What did that change for you? Confidence and, and who I am as a man, but also assurance that, you know, you know what, so long as I have God's word and I have the Holy spirit that, and, and, and I, that I am obedient to it. And that's where I struggled with for a long time being that obedient part. You know what? And those, in those areas, I'm going to grow. I'm going to be where he wants me to be. Now it may not be where I want to be, but that's because I don't know what's, what's best for me. He does. And, and his plans are not my plans. So I just, I've learned in those moments to just trust, man, just trust and, and understand that each moment in life, although they don't work out the way that sometimes we want, uh, you know, I can, I have a story for you with, uh, with my current wife that can share on that, but we just have to understand trusting God's sovereignty in all these situations, man. When I'm sitting there in front of the, the judge and he's getting ready to render the verdict on our on our custody hearing, that was some that was some serious tension, right? Some serious stress yeah. that could could take you down. But I just kept leaning on 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 the word of God. And well, what does that look like for you in that moment? You're standing in front of the judge and you're leaning on the word of God. What does that mean? What does that look like actually? For me, it was literally I have my Bible. At the at the uh, at the table, you know, you have the defendant and the plaintiff. We have our tables and the judges right here. And I have, in I, that moment when he was getting ready to read it, I remember very vividly. It's not this Bible, but it's another Bible. I had it open to James. I had pictures of my two daughters, and I had that verse highlighted and circled. And I just remember sitting there and just tears, just hitting the paper, and just and I was just saying, I trust you. I was just saying, I trust you. I trust you. And, I, and he, he finally, the judge got to the point where, you know, custody is going to be awarded to to the husband and he gets to that moment. But he had this whole build up in the story. And I just, for me, it was just tears were flowing. I don't know what's going, which, what he's getting ready to say, but I trust you, Lord. And, and ultimately in that moment, he, he did say what I had prayed for, but uh, just, it was literal, you know, hands on the, on the word of God, just being there with him. Mm, yeah. I like that. And that gave you comfort. Yeah, absolutely. No, no even comfort it, I know. Yeah, even if it hadn't gone the other the other way, right? Right. Um, although it would have been hard. Yeah, James one is a huge is a huge thing because the only time that we grow is when we're in trials, right? Is when That's we're it. in when we're in things. That's what pushes us out, you know. I've been doing so we talked about working out, like 
I've been going to the gym, but the only way muscles grow is if you make them hurt, right? <laughs> so yeah. if you, is if you work them until they hurt. So that's, uh, that's that, and that's true, I think, of our whole being. Like it's not just right. our physical body. It's our whole being spiritually uh, you have, and, and emotionally. You, once you are able to evaluate that, uh, and then you can grow. So that's, that's just how it works. Yes, sir. Interesting. Okay. So I'm curious. Uh, so that seems to have set you on a different path. What, where did you go from there? How did your faith start to develop uh, as you had to rely on God in this really tumultuous and hard time? How did it develop from there? Yeah, from there, I just got to be more and more serving. I got into the servant mindset of, you know what, I'm just going to figure out ways at my church where I can help serve. And then I actually wasn't even, I said, you know what, I'm just going to be single. I'm just going to be single, raise these two girls and do the best I can to point them to Christ. And again, that's when you say, you know, you want to hear God laugh, just tell him your plans. And he's like, okay, so he introduced me to my wife and, you know, got, I met her and that was just an opportunity for her, uh, for me to be around a woman who was firmly grounded in her faith. I mean, she grew up in the church. Her dad was a pastor. She, you know, she knew her Bible front and back, but not just knowing the stuff, Eric, man, it's like, she walked it out. Right. I mean, we, we dated, we didn't live together. We didn't have premarital sex, any of that stuff. Like she had the values figured out on what was important to her and ultimately what a godly wife looks like. <clears throat> and we just, that courtship was a very special time of actual growth for my girls as well to see their dad and, and how I treated Re- Rebecca, mm-hmm. how, how she treated me and what we valued. Uh, and that was a lot of time of spiritual growth for me too, which is during that courtship season uh, with her of, okay, serving at the church as well as just learning from her. So my test, the first question she asked me is what's your testimony on our, on our first date, you know? So it's just an opportunity uh, just to, to, to grow together until that day where we were able to actually become husband and wife. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Okay. So t- tell me about that. Cause that's, you know, sometimes having examples like that can be really powerful. So what was it that you, you mentioned some of these things, like what, what were you were seeing? Um, I mean, was it challenging or like, how, how did that help you kind of trust differently? It was extremely challenging. I mean, for one, it was a long, little bit of a longer distance relationship where it was, all, well, I'll say long distance, about an hour and a half drive each way this that's not a big deal when you're you know in your early 20s you don't have anything else to do but when you have two kids <laughs> and you have full responsibility like that's a big deal uh you know so it was just learning to trust him trust his timing uh we didn't date long we actually dated right out a year got married um and then we actually that's why i feel like a lot of my spiritual growth has come since that i do you know and so many times guys have that spiritual high when you say i do that's the height of their spiritual intimacy with their wife but for me it's just been an accelerated curve upwards because we made that the starting point and we've been very intentional around things like prayer praying together and uh, serving together uh and that really led us through our most difficult trial we've ever had in our life uh she and i both uh which was during the the the, the time of covid uh, i'd be glad to share that story if you yeah be interested Let's hear oh, that. Yeah. So, you know, we wanted to have children, uh, uh, more children. And uh, so we, we had, we got pregnant. Well, she got pregnant there in 2019 and uh, we had a, a early miscarriage. So around nine weeks, it was called a miss miscarriage. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we had that. Uh, and then we, we got pregnant again around uh, the, the winter of 2019. 
so right after that miscarriage, not long after we got, we got pregnant again, everything looked great and, and COVID hit, right? So COVID hit in March. So we had to do the virtual baby showers and all that stuff. You know, it wasn't any fun. Like our church couldn't love on us like, like they, like we wanted or, or like we had hoped. And uh, so our due date was in the beginning of May. We're actually coming up on our due date uh, when she was due. Uh, and right when she was due, we actually, uh, re- she woke me up one night. She says, I'm not feeling anything. I'm going to go to the hospital and get it checked out. Our other girls were upstairs. Uh, she, I got the phone call from her that uh, we had lost our daughter, Faith, and, and she was stillborn. Uh, so I had to go to the hospital that night. Uh, we were there for a couple of days. My girls didn't know anything about it. They thought we were just there having a baby. My parents were over at the house taking care of her, of the kids. Uh, so I remember, you know, and I walked through this with her being in a very quiet delivery room, you know, where the, mm. the baby's born, uh, but there's no crying. And just holding mm. her in that moment. And we had one night with her. So we had her in the evening. Uh, we were able to spend one night with her in the room and just trying to make, how do you make all these memories in one night? Right. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. So, I mean, that, in that moment we had a choice, you know, we can run from God or we can run to him. And I just remember praying the prayer that, 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 that Jared and Jairus prayed over his daughter and then Jesus healed, right. Uh, to Lithia come and, G- and, and she woke up and I was praying that over her, but she went open her eyes, bro. She went open her eyes and, and, mm-hmm. And that moment I was like, I was thinking, you know what? I could really be mad right now. And I could just totally turn my back on the faith and with justification be like, you know, I'm holding my dead child. Like for no reason there was, they couldn't find anything wrong. They think maybe something with her umbilical cord, uh, but there was nothing physically that they could find. Full term, not almost nine pound, but beautiful, beautiful little girl, head full of hair. And in that moment, my wife and I both were just like, you know what? The only thing we know how to do is just cling to God. And he carried us in that moment. And he carried us through having, you know, taking care of her, getting her cremated and, and, and mm. telling all the family and all that stuff. And, you know, then a, a week later after that, uh, the dog that brought us together, he just died o- overnight. Mm. He wasn't sick. He died. So I had to tell my wife that her dog died. And then two weeks after that, she lost her job. And I'm telling you, bro, this is like the worst country song of all time. This happened like <laughs> within four weeks. I mean, this is every time I tell the story, people are like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I wish I was. And it's just in those moments, we, we, I remember after she lost her job, which was at a church, by the way. So, you know, yeah. so just a little bit cherry on top. It was just like, you know what? we're just going to cling and we're just going to make this our testimony. And we're going to try to find joy in this and help people. Cause people are going to go through this. People are going to lose kids. People are going to lose animals. People are going to lose jobs. Usually they don't happen within a three or four week span, but we have an opportunity to, to either be a light and try to encourage people or not. And we just chose that. And since then we have found so many people that have lost children, you know, that have gone through divorce, that have gone through child loss, you know, there's usually not a scenario that we can't relate and empathize with people Mm -hmm. and try to give them some hope and some encouragement. Uh, And for us that, that, that was, you know, we still, so at in 2020, we didn't have any, any kids yet. We were over two, if you will. The last one really hurt. Uh, And God told my wife, September, I will redeem you. And she's like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, well, I don't know either, baby. But I know one thing, you can't have a baby in, in, uh, you know, in like three or four months because that was, you know, July (laughs) time frame. Right. And so we just, we kept praying about it. We got pregnant again uh, at the end of the, of 2021. And, uh, and then in August, 2022, 
which her due date was September 1st, but she came early. Uh, Lily Grace was born and she healed a lot of wounds for us. Mm. Uh, it gave us, you know, a lot, brought a lot of joy back to our, to our walk, to our, to our life. And, and then last year in November, we had Judah Levi born. So uh, I think wow. we're officially done with the biological because it is way too stressful for us. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Getting to that finish line. But uh, uh, it's just been, you know, a hope, a story of hope and redemption and and trust and, I, I have nothing. I had nothing but girls. My brother had nothing but girls. And my mom, when she found out that we were having a boy, she lost it. I mean, it was incredible. So, uh, so we finally got a little testosterone in the house, man, but it's been a, it's been a journey. And, uh, it's one that ever since all these steps, it's just been 100% reliance on God to help God and direct us. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you mentioned something that I want to dive into a little bit deeper because I think a lot of us experience it and how it actually works is a little bit mysterious because I don't know what we talk about a lot. But you you said when you were holding your your daughter, you felt like you could be mad at God, right? Like you felt some anger, which, okay, but that you were able to say, okay, I can either go towards God or away from God. But how? tell us how that process works worked? I mean, was it immediate? And then I, grief is weird, right? So grief, yep. you went through a bunch of things that were full of grief. Um, and so it comes and goes in ways it doesn't just happen over overnight. So tell us some more about kind of how that, that went for you and what that process of feeling like you could be mad at God was, was like. Yeah. Well, it started with, with the phone call, right? Cause I mean, I got the phone call from her that we lost faith and um, I remember laying on the bathroom floor, just in a, in a pool full of tears, man, Yeah, just crying out. Why God, I mean, dude, like, seriously, like, if, you know, I'm not you, I'm not sovereign, but I don't, I wouldn't write the story this way. I got really mad. I was like, you know, cancer, all these things that happen to people like, you know, I, I would write it a lot differently. You know, we're actually in a situation where we, we can raise this girl. We want to bring her up in the church. We want to bring her up to know you. Mm-hmm. Why would you take her? You know? And so I had a lot, just that reeling moment of just like, seriously, bro, like what in the world? Right. And, Which is one of those things I think that we think without knowing, right? It's like, Hey, so I hear you saying, Hey, we could do this. Like we, like, not only is it, um, we have a good house, but we're going to raise her for you, right? We're doing this for you. And so, right you should honor that. Right. And he doesn't, he doesn't always. And that is hard to wrestle with. It's no, it's so hard, bro. I mean, it's seriously, I mean, for us, I mean, we had all these things with like scripture references around her name. Like everything was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was laid out, bro. I mean, this girl was going, she, I mean, she was going to be a prophetess or something like it. Was, we were going to work this, this out where she was going to be doing work or at least have an opportunity to come to know him. And I just remember laying there like, why, man? Like, seriously, all the people who don't want babies, they can have them left and right. And, and it, you know, and it's just like, but we're yeah. begging for this opportunity. And in the in the delivery room, just sitting there, I just going back through that story of, of Jairus and just, uh, you know what, you healed his daughter. Why can't you heal mine? And just that anger. But I just, in the moment, though, I almost felt like it was a spirit-led thing where it's like, you know what, you can't stay here, bro. I mean, this is not going to be it. This is either going to be a testimony or is it going to destroy you? And so you need to use it to glorify me. And I just remember telling my wife that and we, we worshiped in that moment. We actually, I sung her a worship song. 
mm. uh, that night and just tried to find ways to whatever we can in that darkest of time to just put a little bit of light on that situation. You know, uh, there was no bringing her back. There was no, uh, no, no words I could say that would come from my wife. Uh, the biggest thing I would tell you, brother, is if, if for men in particular, the guys that I work with, you got to grieve. And, and I had to grieve with her. And I need, she needed to see me cry. She needed to see me uh, hold her and for her to hold me. And, uh, you know, that just not trying to put up this Superman, like I put the Superman cape off. And I just, I, I actually burned mm. it. I'm like, bro, I don't even need this thing anymore. Like, I am not Superman. I'm broken. I, my wife needs to see that. And through those moments, her and I, we just continue to, to, to grow together. And in two weeks will be Faith's birthday. And every year, Oh, she'll turn, she'll be three this year. Uh, my wife, she's like, what, what do you want to do to celebrate? I said, our birthday cake, it's birthday. We're going to celebrate, even though she's not here. Like I'm, it's a small thing. It's silly to a lot of people, but I just want to have a little birthday cake on her birthday and just have a piece for one. I got a sweet tooth, So it helps me too. But it's for two, <laughs> it's just, it's just remember her man. And so we do small stuff like that to just try to remember her. I made a shadow box and things like that, but I just, you know, try to take that story of faith of, of losing her uh, and how we cling, you know, just clung to him. Wow. Yeah. So I, I love something interesting. I think that you're, that you're sharing there is the idea of you had to be vulnerable with your wife about, about that and not have that sort of, Hey, I've got it all together. Um, we're, you know, and putting up a facade and that sounds like that really built some intimacy uh, mm -hmm. between you as well it does it, it was big time intimacy i mean and and that's i'm so glad you brought that word up man because i think so many times guys in particular you know we don't think that we want intimacy so many guys they don't we think, think they just it's all physical i'm like no bro what you're really craving in, in your uh, relationship with your spouse is intimacy and that's not always sex man it, it's just connection connection at a deeper level yeah and for us it was going through that pain and grief together yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't like so it can be, but it doesn't have to be, right? So like there's right. there's a whole so this is one of my one of my hobby horses actually uh as Christians, certainly the evangelical tradition that I grew up in, uh we definitely think of physical versus spiritual, emotional uh mm -hmm. kinds of things, but actually the biblical way to look at a human being as holistic, right? We are all those things. And so building intimacy in a relationship like a marriage actually has to include them all right in order for, oh, yeah. in order for and that's really how people work right um, i love that okay so then i wanted to ask you too about the grief you talked about it a little bit but you had a lot going on in one month it's funny how sometimes those things all pile up in one place and then you have to deal with the aftermath and the grief and maybe that did continue to to build um build that intimacy was there anything that you realized about yourself that maybe a new identity that you had um, maybe something God took away from you from what you thought you had to be in that season as you process that grief? Well, I, I did learn through that, that, you know, I'd always prided myself on being the dad who always had it figured out. Right. I mean, my, even with my two older girls, I, even through the trial of, of their mom leaving, I was, I, I was always able to pull out some up that superhero where, you know, I could save the day for them. And in that moment, I realized I couldn't be the superhero here, man. Like there was nothing I could do. We sat together around a little tree in our yard 
And because when we got home, they come running out to the car. I mean, at this time, I'm trying to remember how old they were. They would have been like eight and nine, somewhere around there. Um, a couple of years, three years. Yeah. So, and they come running out to the car. So excited because the car seat was gone oh, and yeah. hey, the car seat's empty. And they're like, what's going on? And, you know, where's Faith at? And we're like, well, she's at the hospital. And it was technically we weren't lying and we, but we needed to go sit down. But I just remember sitting around this little tree we had and we planted a tree when we had our first miscarriage and we didn't tell them why we planted a tree. We just told them we planted a tree. And I, so we started off with like, you know what? God's got a plan for everything. Mm. I want to start off by telling you guys about this tree because, and I made the analogy to, you know, we're, we're all growing in our faith and things like that. And I told him why the tree was planted where we lost our, our first, first child. And I said, now this, we're going to have to plant something else because we've lost faith. And, and I, I just walked through the story with them and they lost it, you know? Uh, but wow. I just, I recognized in that moment of, of, of really vulnerability in front of those little girls who had always looked at their dad as the hero that it's okay to not always have it together. It's okay for them to see their dad cry because I've shed many a tear uh, over my daughter and for them to see that and to not feel like I need to go to another room and hide it and always come out and be stoic. No, man, like that was not it. They needed to see the feels, you know, what yeah, daddy man. was going through. And I think just for me, it was very freeing to be able to go through that and, and understand, you know what, it's okay uh, to, to not always have this stuff together. And I feel like so many guys that I talk to, we feel like we do have to have this together. And I'm like, no, the last thing we have to have is we just have to trust. We have to trust him and, and know in those moments, they, they are, like you said earlier, opportunities for growth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, um, that was, I mean, I can't imagine that's a really tough, uh, tough moment. I no doubt. And it sounds like you guys really grew together through it. Uh, I'm curious about how you got to, uh, we mentioned earlier, the lion within us, Yeah. how you got to that. So fill in those gaps for us between those two, those two yeah. things. Yeah, that was crazy too. So at the beginning of 20, at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, at my other job that I work, I wanted to, I had an idea of starting a podcast and again, I'm an engineering manager worked with with electrical products you know nothing flashy right is it well the flashing lights but nothing like super you know that that people get excited about and they were like what do you want to start a podcast for and i was like i just think this is an opportunity to serve our customers and clients and potential people and, and so they they looked at me like i had three heads and but they they said <laughs> all right go ahead uh and now we've dropped to over 250 episodes on that show it's been a great way to give an identity to the company uh, and open up some doors that they never would have thought of before or had before. And I don't get take any of the credit. Yeah. I give God all the credit on that too. Well, but it just, it, I, I have to say this as a podcaster and as a person who promotes podcasting, right? Yes. Yeah. And amen. Right. Cause that is what podcasting yeah. is so good at. You may look at it, maybe your business, your church, whatever you're looking at it thinking, Oh, why would I do that? It just seems like a lot of work, but man, podcasting can create conversations, create connections and serve your audience in ways you haven't imagined yet. It will also open doors that you simply haven't, you, you didn't know were there. Right. So, uh, yeah. Well, brother, you'll, you'll, you'll like this one. So our CEO, quick little tangent our CEO of the, of the company I work for, he was like, you know, he wanted to get 
some information on this one section sector of business in this company that I'm not going to name the company because it's, it's irrelevant. So I went out there and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do some research for you. Well, I ended up interviewing two vice presidents and the chief technology officer. Yep. And I, and I <laughs> dropped it on them. I was like, all right, brother, uh, this is like a month later. I'm like, yeah, so here's about three hours worth of content from the CTO and two VPs of sales. Do you think that would help you? And he was just looks at me like, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, bro. I'm like, this is what podcasting does. You know, it gives you the doors. It opens up doors that you never knew. So uh, I I learned that it was just crazy. So like I said, I started it, recorded my first one in February, 2020, and then March hit and I brought everything to my house and I just built a home studio. And I found between March, 2020 and the end of 2020, uh, that, 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 what's eight months or nine months was an incredible time to podcast because you could get any guest you wanted like there yep. nobody was yes. busy <laughs> it was <laughs> incredible so i had ceos i had all sorts of people that were just like dropping on our show so there was a wonderful time to grow but then god just he laid it on me in, in the summer of 2021 right before lily was born he's like all right i'm giving you a season of learning now i need you to use it for me and I, so I took it to my wife. I said, we started praying over it. She actually had the name of the lion within us. That was, that was her uh, in a moment. Cause I wanted something to do a roar and lions and stuff. And she's like the lion within us, like the Holy spirit within. Wow. And I was like, perfect. You know, we checked the URL, the URL was open, the lion within.us. We're like, perfect. We suddenly got it. And then I was like, I think he wants me to serve Christian men. And she just starts laughing. Cause you know, our little girl was almost due and we already had two girls. It's like, he knows you need some testosterone in your life. So, you know, we, uh, we, we, we laid out a plan on how we would do the show and we kind of did a little bit of a backlog. I have probably about two months worth of backlog of recordings. And then January 1st, 2022, we, we hit the go on it. And, uh, man, we haven't looked back since we're episode 200 and something now, uh, on that show. That's awesome. uh, it's been great. It's been wonderful. And then we started a community uh, in the, and towards September of last year. And then we put a paywall up on that community in January. And since doing that, I was I was, I was was more nervous than anything, like a cat in a room full <laughs> of rocking chairs, man. I was so scared to do that. But I will tell you one thing. It has been empowering. It, the, the community has been incredible. Uh, the the way the guys that are there now want to be there. You know, we had grown it up to be pretty sizable with the free model, but now these guys are there. They're showing up. We have events every day, and it's just been really awesome to see how God's moving. And I still don't know where He's taking it. I'm just trying to uh, just to keep serving and and give Him the glory and try to find ways to help each and every one of these guys grow uh, in their daily walk. Yeah. So tell me more about kind of what your what the line within us is about. By the way, your branding is great. I just gotta yeah. say. So the the little like paw for the W is is uh super super good, and the cool picture of the line like well done. But what, you, what are you trying to to do uh, with that? And what do you hope that the transformation that pe- men will have if they join? Yeah, I, I mean the biggest thing is from lost and lost and alone to confident and connected, man. I mean, that's it. Just, just connected with, with others, but connected with Christ and understanding we're not lost and alone. You don't have to feel that way. Most men's ministry sucks. I'm just going to be real. Most men ministry at churches is just terrible. We eat sausage biscuits and we talk about a topic (laughs) that doesn't make anybody feel comfortable. Nobody wants to share. 
And then we just go on with our day. And I'm like, bro, it's so much more than that. So we just try to really bring guys who feel that disconnect. We even have pastors. We have have members all over now. I'm a member in South Africa, Canada, the U.S. I mean, I'm seeing this is not just a local problem. This is an issue where guys just, they're craving this. And they're also, man, I don't know how to explain it other than the way we've set this, this community up with the events and the and the different ways to engage guys are showing up and actually being 100% transparent out the gate. I mean, they'll come up, they'll talk about their issues with porn, their issues with their wife, their issues with their kids, their issues with their business. And, and I'll ask them like, why are you talking about this on meeting number one? And they're just <laughs> like, well, I'm not going to run into any of you guys at a restaurant or the grocery store later today. You know, I just feel like this is a place where I can just be real. And you just kind of built that into the culture. And I'm like, Okay, cool. I mean, it's a it's a spirit led thing, but it's just yep. really. We just had our first marriage that was saved. The guy he joined in November, and his wife was serving him divorce papers, and he just posted in our community that this week she ripped them up, and she wanted to give the credit to the line within us and the guys that have helped him grow in Christ, and now he's leading her the way that he was called to. He's like, Chris, I don't know what to say other than it's you, it's, it's you in this community. I'm like, well, first of all, it ain't me, brother. It's the community. But it, more importantly, it's the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is guiding this group and is right. guiding this group of men. And, it's, and, and you're just being obedient. So, man, that's what it's all about and, and how we try to help guys just be that that confident leader that we all have within us. Yeah, I love that. Okay, I want to give you a little credit, though, and I know you won't you won't take it necessarily, but uh, following and being obedient to that is on you. Right. And yeah. so be, being yeah. willing to show up and saying, okay, guys ask me to do this. I'll do it. Um, is huge. And there's so much power in just saying yes to what God's asking you to do. And yeah. imagine the kind of ripple effects that you can have. I think about this all the time when I think about uh, Christian podcasters association, which is my organization People are creating content and sharing it. It literally goes around the world and I get to help them. Um, I don't know what that's going to do. Like, you don't know the effect of saving that guy's marriage is going to be have, certainly yep. on his life, on his wife's life, on his kids' lives, grandkids, who knows, right? But then uh, who knows what the effect down the road is in 100 years, in 200 years. I know. You, you have no idea. And we'll never get to see that except for in eternity. And that is the power, I think, of of certainly community. Yeah. But we have this opportunity to do it online um, and creating those spaces. And I don't know that our I, – I haven't ever really found that in church. And I know a lot of people are feeling that. And so you're creating a space where they can be themselves. Right. Right. And, and, I try, and I'm 100% clear, bro, like we are not the church. We're not a substitute for the yeah. church. You, you, you need to have a local body. But I think we're a doggone good supplement for your church, you know, and to to come alongside because, you know, you wouldn't go all week without eating, right? And just eat one hour on Sunday. No, you would eat every day. Like, if you just ate that one hour when a preacher preaches on Sunday, by Tuesday, you'd be ready to kill somebody. Like, let's go. I I want something to eat. So why not give them something to eat every day? So we do it. We do spiritual kickoffs every day. We have events. We have Ask Me Anything. We have lion lunches, which I have that today, where we literally, the guy, I call them lion lunches. We meet every Wednesday and we just get together. We have lunch and we talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've, gone, we've talked about tractors. We've talked about sex. We've talked about farming. I mean, it's all across the board. But man, it's just been a really cool way for guys to kind of make it part of their routine. I've had guys who said they deleted all their apps now. The only app they have is the one app we use for this for the community. So it's wow. like a mobile based thing too. 
And it just becomes part of what they do. They change their calendars to come to the events. Uh, we have couples night where they bring their wives and stuff like that. So it's just, and the feedback from the women has been incredible too. Like, hey, their guys are actually stepping up. They're doing better. So it, there's accountability and all that stuff. And man, it's just, it's really cool. I must admit, it, it's a ton of work. As you know, like podcasting in itself can be just draining, bro. But it's, for me, this just fuels me up. I just get so excited about it. And the podcast is a way the guys learn about the community and go from there. Yep. Yeah. I love that. That is fantastic. Um, I hear you. So one of the things that I'm, I'm really focusing on at the moment is I hear you saying that you're helping men, um, not just take accountability, but take responsibility for themselves. Right. Right. Which I think is one of the key pieces of growth, right? When you, when you realize, okay, no one's going to do this. I love Mel Robbins. Who's a, she's a coach. And she says, the calorie's not coming, right? You have to do this for yourself. And you're telling guys, Hey, you got, you have to do this, take responsibility and do it. Challenging them to do it. I think is really powerful. I love that you're doing that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we have to give them something to, I found it interesting. We do a challenge every month and I always mix the challenges up and the feedback has been, you know what? I know I need to be doing this stuff but you make it super convenient for me to remember and you mm -hmm. there's a level of accountability and I need that. And some of it's simple stuff. Like I just make Google sheets and you know, that's how we keep up with our challenges. But the fact that I have to go check a box holds a little, holds me, my feet to the fire a little bit and it makes me want to be a better man. And when I hear stuff like that, you know, it's very encouraging because it's like coming up these challenges. It's not easy. And then doing all the, the, the administrative yeah. work behind it. Cause I mean, I don't have a staff, bro. Like you're looking at the staff, <laughs> you know? So it's just like that stuff's important though. Like we did a chat, we did a, a push up and pull up challenge. We've done a spiritual intimacy challenge where you had to pray with your wife. And I gave them specific things to pray over their wife with. And I've had guys who tell me, you know what? I've been married 30 years and I'm more connected with my wife now after the spiritual intimacy challenge than I ever have been. And to the point now she wants to know, what are you going to say to me today? I'm like, well, it's up to you now, bro. The challenge is over. You got to keep it going. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but just giving them that, those things to, to yeah. really just make it applicable that they found a ton of value in that. Man, I love it. I think that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing some of your story, Chris. I think uh, certainly diving into some of the, uh, tough times you've, you've been through and how that helped you uh, kind of see yourself and see God in some new ways and then kind of propel you into this sort of service. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, is there anything you want to leave us with? Uh, the, the thing I always leave everybody with, man, it's very simple. Just just do whatever he tells you to do and unleash the line within. If we can just do that, those two things, man, just be obedient to the spirit. If you do that, you're going to unleash the line within. And man, I think we just need more people stepping in and doing that. And like you said, just being obedient. Amen. Obedience is key and it doesn't have to be burdensome. I think that's what a lot of people get hung up on. Friends, you can find Chris at the linewithin.us. And I love he's got a 30 day trial. So if you're feeling your heart stirring, the spirit is stirring you right now, you have no excuse. Just go to the linewithin.us and check it out. Sign up for that 30 day trial. Check it out. Get involved. Uh, and and see what happens, man. Just see what happens for 30 days, one month of your life. And maybe you love it and maybe it changes your life. Who knows? God, I believe he's always working and uh, maybe he's using this, this podcast right now. So Chris, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. 
Amen, Eric. Thank you so much. It's been an honor, and thank you for this opportunity to share the story. Thank you.